Well, uh, thanks for coming on to the podcast, mate. Um, Thank you. Is it started? Am I in it? Is this happening? You're in it. This is it. We've gone. We're off. Oh, my God. Okay, right. This... The horse has bolted, mate. Oh, God. You're two furloughs behind everyone else. Kieran, oh. shut up. No, we're not live. We are recording, but we haven't started. Well, I don't know. I might call some about it. It's interview. Yeah, free. That stuff. Free. This is Sheer Isolation. It's presented by Kieran Moore in Trowbridge and John Ponting in Cricklade. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us. This is Sheer Isolation. I am John in Cricklade and Kieran is in Trowbridge. As ever, John. Hello. How are you? Hello. Kraken. The sun is shining. It feels like winter might just be over. <laughs> you know, you do that thing where you've been outside and you go into a house. Now, the house may have all its lights on and be completely fine. But when you've been outside and it's so bright, you go in, it automatically goes really dark and you can't see anything. I've just had that moment. Is that because you've got transitions in your glasses? No, it's, it's unrelated to my glasses. I literally, I was driving home, all fine and dandy, open my front door, walk in my front door, and I've got like an alleyway, like a hallway, which can't see anything. See, I always trip up this time of year because I do have transitions in one of my pairs of glasses. And over winter, obviously, it doesn't matter which ones I wear. And then I'll go out on a day like this, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm wearing sunglasses. I don't remember doing that. Anyway, that, that's, that's our um, health section sorted. So uh, the purpose of this show, Sheer Isolation, is to uh, promote and highlight uh, music and art scene across the west of England. And we do that by playing a couple of tunes and getting a guest on to have a chat. We have got a very special guest, one of our more famous guests, I think, Kieran, in, in the history of our show, Professor Elemental, is joining us. He is. He's a long, long-term friend of mine. I promoted him an awful lot. And he has a new album out and he's got festival season coming up and he's touring. And I thought... What better? He's such a erudite kind of guy. He's got a lot. He's got really great way of talking. He's got lots of he's just really, really insightful and interesting. And I thought, what a great guest. We'll ask him to come on. And he, he agreed. Literally a drop of a hat. He must be having a quiet week then. <laughs> <laughs> For people who aren't too familiar with him, he um, steampunk chap hop is the music that he creates. Um, basically a very has the character of an, an old uh, English gent, Victorian. But, but rapping. He raps in the Queen's English as well, so he sort of yeah. he like really pronounces his words, etc. So it's all very sort of clear and, and pristine. So yeah, it's not like dropping all his T's and H's and all the rest of it, and you know he can't understand them or whatever. It's it's very um, whimsical. <laughs> it's great, um, and and there's there's less than a handful of people who do that across the UK. So yeah, so it well, is strange, probably, but at the same time, he's a very unique individual uh, individual character. He is very much so, and uh, one I've got a lot of time for. Right, we need to play a tune. What are we going to play? So I'm going to surprise you with a tune by a band called Tankus the Henge, and this is a track called Luna Park. They have just been confirmed as a headliner at Devizes Festival in Devizes in June. So we've previous guest, Margaret Bryant, who came on to talk about the festival last year, has booked them for the festival this year. So that's exciting for Devizes. And if you don't know Tankus the Henge, they are an absolute festival band. They're like a circus, but live Everything they do is utterly fantastic and wonderful. They're great performers and um, I, I've got a huge amount of time and love for them. So we picked Luna Park from their new album. This is Tank Us The Henge.
there we go. That's Luna Park, Tankers the Henge. Incredible band. Well, good choice. And I'm surprised I haven't played them uh, previously. We champion music from the Southwest, and although they're not from the Southwest, they are playing the Southwest, and I thought that, that qualified. So, um, yeah, yeah I don't enough. know why we haven't, but they're just great. So, mm. we have now. Have you got product placement this week, Karen? I do, but I can't find it. <laughs> Let me go find it. I mean, it's that time of the show where I try to do ad lib, but I'm like Garth from Wayne's World, and it really doesn't go well. So I'll just stay quiet and wait for Kieran to come back. So, John, at the weekend, just gone, I hosted a series of gigs, like I do, that's what I do. And we had the wonderful, the beguiling, the sensational, the talented, the effortless Lucy Farrell played for me at the pump in Trowbridge. And because I work Fridays at at the town hall, I don't get to go to my gigs until the end. And I said to Lucy in the sound check, I said, oh, can you play this song last? And then I will be back in time and you can and I'll hear it. And so I got to the venue as everyone was clapping to say, well done. Good night. See you later. I turn up with my pint and I go, I'm here now. She goes, I've just played the song. I said, can you play it again? (laughs) So she did. She played it again just for me. So Lucy um, she came back to my house afterwards. She stayed in my gypsy hut at the bottom of the garden um, with her brother. They, he was over from France visiting her. Me and her, me and her brother cycled back from the pub and she drove. And we, we, they went to my gypsy hut and all the rest of it. And the next day I got up really early and went to work again because we had a repair cafe on. And she left me this present. It's, it's an embossed lino cut. And you can just about make out. It's the lyrics to one of her songs. We are only sound. And for me, that's a real earworm. Once I first time I heard it, I fell in love with it. And I just keep singing the, the sort of lyrics from the song over and over and over. So she, she left this for me as a little gift. And it's really, really lovely. I'm going to get it framed and put it on my wall. And her new album is going to be amazing. I can't wait. Cool. I and mean, from what you said, though, with that story, there was a lot of stuff to unpack there, such as uh, gypsy huts and cycling home from the pub and repair cafes. This is all stuff we will cover in future episodes, I am sure. But we have to move on to our guest for the week. Because uh, I want to give him plenty of time because it was fascinating to chat to Professor Elemental, not just about music and his career, but also stuff that he did before and stuff he's doing in the future. And we go off onto all kinds of... How do we end up talking about men's mental health? How did that happen? Beautifully, John. Beautifully. That's how it happened. It really did. Yeah. So just a proper two friends chatting there. Professor and Kieran just having a good old natter about all things musical and taking whatever tangent they felt the need to. If, if you missed our description in the opening part of the show, uh, Professor Elemental is a musician, very much uh, uses the Queen's English very properly, but he is a rapper. He, he dresses up in proper old fashioned gear. He's, he's quite popular with the steampunk lot. And, and he, did, he is a self-admitted nerd, which uh, is good. We need more nerds in, in the spotlight. Karen, one um, other obscure reference uh, that you mentioned during the interview, which we didn't really cover, was about Phineas and Ferb and a YouTube video. So do you want to tell us about that now so that when people listen to the interview, it makes sense? Yes. So Phineas and Ferb was a, I think it's Nickelodeon. It started on Nickelodeon, which was a like Sky Channel. It's just a kid's cartoon, but the two people in it are nerds. So he was approached by them off screen by the, by the company that make the, the cartoon to um, create a theme tune for them. And they actually did a whole episode. I think it's called The Future is Steam Powered. They did a song called Steam Powered Future. Um, and he does a whole song with the two characters. So it's a, a, like a cartoonized version of himself. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a classic. So a kid's classic. So one day you're uh, listening to him and then the next minute your kids are watching him on TV and you're thinking, this is a bit weird. <laughs> so there you go. So there we go. So that explains uh, something we talked about. Let's go over to the interview with uh, Professor Elemental. 
So, uh, Professor Elemental is a kind of Victorian-flavoured steampunk mad professor. Uh, he is a, a lunatic who lives alone, uh, occasionally with an orangutan butler conducting terrible experiments that nobody asked for and nobody wants to see. And I make a lot of music based in this character and fortunately have been lucky enough to travel around the world doing it and lend my voice to cartoons and written comics and novels and all kinds of things. Basically, I've had a single idea and I'm milking it for all it's worth. <laughs> I'm never going to get such an honest assessment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, Paul, it's a very enjoyable character. I've loved, you know, working with you over the years. But I, I actually, I wanted to know, I was saying to John a minute ago, I don't actually know what you did before you were a full-time musician. Where, what's your story? Where do you come from? You know, sometimes in sort of World War II dramas, little children will look up at their, their fathers and say, what did you do in the war, Daddy? I've been fired from so many jobs that genuinely, when we used to do the school run, my children, when they were quite young, would be like, Daddy, tell me some more stories of places you've been fired from. <laughs> well, let me tell you about the time I was fired from an ice cream parlour, <laughs> from a simple misunderstanding about too much butterscotch. So, yeah, I got fired from everything. There was no, there's not many industries that I haven't been fired from. Call centres and factories and, uh, yeah, fired from a glove factory, a huge, terrible miscalculation with some industrial gloves. As, yeah, there's, there's a lot of terrible things that happened. Fired, I was fired from being Tom from Tom and Jerry on a cross-channel ferry because I got bored and I, I wheeled a little old, I'm not proud but I wheeled a little old lady into the duty-free and piled her up with scotch and then wheeled her out again but I was a teenager then and I would never do that sort of thing now and um, so yeah so I got, did lots of terrible stuff and then I did, I did one job that I liked only one which was being a teacher of young people with special educational needs and I did that for about six years and these just a beautiful group of teenagers and I could have happily done that forever if the professor had stumbled in across my path and and taken off in a way that I couldn't have imagined so I was like well it does seem a little bit easier putting on a funny hat and dancing around maybe I'll do that for a bit and here I am so obviously one day it just it just you realized you could make actually make a living out of this on a way you went <laughs> Well, it's that weird, you know, I mean, who would have imagined you could possibly make a living out of it? And it was the, the common, as it always is with things like this, it was a combination of luck that steampunk came around and I got an American gig and it was just like, you know, what Americans are like, they yeah. just, I was chatting to one of them and I was like, you know, I'd love to do this for a living. And he was like, you can do it, man. You can live your life. You can, you can achieve your dreams. Like, oh, maybe I could. Oh, oh give it a go then. So actually, you know, that kind of very enthusiastic American sort of spurred me on. And as, and as somebody else said to me, and I didn't really, I sort of, that really changed my mind. And if there's anybody who's got a creative thing and they're not sure whether they want to do it for a living, they're kind of on the cusp. Someone said to me, if it doesn't work out, you can always go back and get another job. <laughs> like if you're in a miserable job and you're going to try creativity, it's not a one-way street. If it really doesn't work out and it's a disaster, just go back and get the job you hate again. <laughs> You've lost nothing. So once I'd heard that advice, I was like, yeah, I can do this. Oh, that's amazing advice. <laughs> But I was going to say, you did this all without a manager, really, haven't you, to an extent? It's all been pretty much under your own volition. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, and there are, there's definitely times, particularly as you've been one to know, been doing it over a decade, you know, for all of the lovely sort of buoyant times, there are times like if I stop, 
it will just all fall in like a house of cards. Like there's only that, there's only me to keep motivating it and keep pushing it along, which is great in some ways because it kind of provides you with a good bit of motivation. That if you don't do that, then the children will have to live in a shed um, and eat condiments. But also it can be quite, you know, that can be quite tiring. I got around that though, and I'm sure you're, you guys are kind of similar, is the, the joy of collaboration. Like, and I do have, you know, I've got a lovely booking agent, Ellie Morgan-Jones, um, who can kind of like uh, help listen to me whinge about things and you know put things together and also loads of creative people to work with as well Tom Caruana makes all the beats and all the lovely musicians I collaborate with and that keeps you going I think if you're doing something solo single-handedly you have to you have to tap into some other people who are doing the same yeah that's really really great advice so if you've got no fun right formal representation how do things like Phoebus and Ferb come along how does that matter how did that happen well, that, that one in particular, I think, I think again, I got quite lucky because it was in the. I got, I went viral in the days where it was possible to do that on YouTube quite randomly. It was before the algorithms pinned everything down, so you know it's so very streamlined. You don't really get that sort of coverage that I had. So I think the video circulated much broad, more broadly than I would have imagined. And actually, with Phineas and Ferb, this lovely man, Swampy Marsh, phoned up, and he was under the impression that I was quite famous in England and I did nothing to deter him from that impression. And he kept saying things like, so, you know, I've been working with Jeremy Clarkson. Do you know Jeremy? I was like, well, we don't know each other per se. I mean, I know of him. We move in similar circles. <laughs> I'm not quite lying. I'm not quite telling the truth. So just, you know, like, like we all do, I had to just do a bit of blagging and it kind of... And, and it not only led to that, but now I've made friends with lots of people who work in the cartoon industry and we're working on lots of lovely little projects as well. Nothing wrong with a bit of blagging to start you off, I say. No, the, you've got to work the hustle, mate. You've got to work the hustle. You've got to work um, the hustle. <laughs> so in fact, but it kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, doesn't it? Because, OK, you haven't, I assume you haven't hung out with Jeremy Clarkson yet, but fundamentally you kind oh, of God. got to that point. You got to that level. Yeah, definitely. And there is there is something to be said for that. I'm doing I was writing a talk that I'm doing at a lovely convention this weekend about, um, which is called Fake It While You Create It, about sort of um, self-belief and bluffing even when you haven't got it. A bit like the principle that if you're in a bit of a grumpy mood, I'm not talking about a terrible tragedy, but just a general kind of having a rubbish day. If you start pretending you're happy, generally you will eventually become happy. That, def- that definitely happens. And I think the same is true about talk- talking yourself up. We don't do that very much in this country. And the first time I went from, oh, I'd love to be a rapper to actually being a rapper, someone sort of said, oh, you rap, mate. And the first time I ever went, yeah. And is you any good? Yeah, I'm great, actually. And I'm, I was awful, obviously. But just that first little bit of bluff was the thing that sort of sent me on the path. And I think, I think we all need a little bit of that sometimes. So, yeah, because you, you do all the comic cons as well, don't you? And all the conventions. Yeah, and that's the, I mean, that is the one of the absolute nicest bonuses of the whole thing is because, you know, I love hip hop and I've got some really great friends that are MC, some of my best friends in the whole world that I really admire. But hip hop as a whole culture in Brighton, particularly in my sort of early 20s, I just didn't fit in. It was a very laddie, blokey, alpha male football yeah. battling kind of culture. And I just couldn't find a, you know, I couldn't sort of square that circle. I wanted to talk about Dungeons and Dragons and, you know, the latest Batman comic. So suddenly finding a pathway into this wonderful world of nerdery where I could also do music. It was like, oh, this is heaven. I found my tribe. I can make jokes about really obscure superheroes and they're on board. It was lovely. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm 
ish nerdy. I'm about certain things. I'm really nerdy about June. I love June. Um, I'm not nerdy like to the extent that you are about things. Uh, but even I'm listening to these songs. I'm going, if I'm of that nature and I'm listening to this music, I'd find it really empowering and really a sense of self and a sense of place. Um, and I think, I don't know, there aren't a huge amount of musicians that do specifically go out of their way to be associated with that scene of people. You must be pretty unique. Well, that's a really nice thing to say. Yeah, I think that I think there are a lot of bands increasingly as, as the world of being a nerd has become more mainstream. There are a lot of bands that, that sort of tap into it uh, and make a lot of it. But yeah, there is. I really I enjoy sort of having that communication of being going, you know, most nerds were sort of bullied at one point in their life. or felt a bit downtrodden or a bit of an outcast and trying to gather up those people and say, no, we are all of those things. But actually, that's what kind of makes us brilliant is is a really nice thing. Like I was watching um I was watching a really good documentary called Feels Good Man uh, last night. Um, and it's about this little character, Pepe the Frog, who has been sort of co-opted with the, by the alt-right. And there's quite a lot in it about, I know I'm going on a bit of a tangent, but bear with me. Okay. There's quite a lot in this about these like, alt-right kids on 4chan in their basement and how that came to be. How did that become a thing? And it is the same principle as all the people who like steampunk or people who see it at sci-fi conventions. It's just that same principle turned sour. It's people feeling really outcasted from all the things that they feel like they should achieve. So they kind of band together. And so, you know, and it, I think it becomes all the more important to band together for the forces of good because there's too many bad guys out there who will happily take advantage of disenfranchised groups. Yeah, so I mean, in many ways, it's uh, those people that need it the most, um, we should be reaching out to and, and trying to look after. Yeah, I definitely think that, you know, and without getting too deep into it, I definitely think that's the case uh, with men and young men as well. Just I think I think in some ways men should be looking after men better. We should be doing a better job of kind of, you know, raising young men and looking after our mates' mental health and checking in on each other rather than just, you know, going for banter all the time. Well, no, you know what? I completely agree. I'll tell you a very short story. But this weekend just gone, I went to a repair cafe that my wife organised in Trowbridge. And this gentleman came along to, to as a repairer. And he's just moved to Trowbridge. He doesn't know anyone. He's got no friends. He wanted to set up a repair cafe, but this one happened to have fallen into his lap. He came in and he had the most incredible day chatting to other men about equipment and technology and fixing stuff. And he fixed a speaker for me. And we had a wonderful time, like jovial. And it was just brilliant. But it was oh. exactly that. It was men being men without being de- so there's no, exactly. like, you know, you know no drink, no sports, no jokes about women. It was just people being nice. And it was truly something I haven't really experienced before. And it was amazing. That's beautiful. I think, and I think that's maybe that's part of the key of it as well. And I'm generalising hugely here. But as a whole, men, and you know, maybe, maybe slightly older men in particular, we sort of need something else, don't we? We can't just sit in a room with a cup of tea and, you know, discuss our feelings with ease. We can do it while we're repairing a speaker or also, you know, sharing our comic book collections or else talking about music or whatever it might be. It kind of, we almost need a bit of a distraction to get down to brass tacks sometimes. <laughs> OK, tell us more about, uh, Professor, what have you got planned for the rest of the year? Because I know you're going to tour. You've got festival season. Do you have any releases? Oh, very exciting. And so the last release that's only really just come out was called Nemesis. And it was a it was the biggest project I've ever done. It's got like 20 different people, loads of different musicians on it, and tells a whole story of me losing my orangutan butler. It's a tragic, epic Jeffrey. tale. I know. I wanted to make a sort of War of the World style, like big 
huge concept album and I was really chuffed with it. So that's that's only just come out really and I'm working inevitably on 27 different things at once. Uh, but the tour is the main thing. I'm looking forward to coming back to Trowbridge. That's going to make me so happy coming back to Trowbridge. I, every gig I've done with you, I don't, I don't think there's been a duff one actually. Every single one has been really, really fun. But the thing, one of the projects I'm most excited about at the moment is that I'm, I'm working with Sophie Scott, who is a, a renowned neurologist, and um, she studies laughter and how the brain works. And the two of us are going to work on a live show and an album uh, with a producer friend of mine called Fellman, all about a journey inside the brain. Um, so, yeah, we're going to clash mad science and real science and see if we can find something that works in the middle. This sound, that, I mean, that sounds amazing already. I know, it sounds really good. I'm so excited. But she's so clever and she's so lovely. You know, she's used to talking to idiots like me, so she's quite good at dumbing it down to a level I could understand. But you know, when you have it, again, it's that bluffing thing. You know, when you're talking to someone who's so clever and just, I don't want to try and appear as clever as her, but I just want to try and look like I understand. So I was having, she was telling me some quite outlandish things. I was having to go, mm-hmm, yeah. And just writing down, look that up when you get home. <laughs> <laughs> we always ask the guests at the end to pick a song to play us out on. I'm going to put you on the spot and say, Pick a track. Let's finish on um, Jollity Farm by the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band. <laughs> okay. That's where he came from. That's where he very first came from was me and Tom Caruana sitting in a tree late at night after some special magic toast that we'd eaten and listening to Bonzo Dog Doodah Band and starting to talk like he does in this song. So I think it's nice to end on my roots. But of that we'll have none Because we know of one That's always lots of fun And this one's name is Jollity Believe me folks, it's great For everything sings out to us As we go through the gate All the little pigs, they grunt and howl The cats meow, the dogs bow wow Everybody makes a row Down on Jollity Farm The grunt and howl, grunt, howl, grunt, howl. The cats meow, meow, meow. The dogs bow, wow, rough, 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 rough. Everybody makes a round down on Jollity Farm. All the little birds go tweet, tweet, tweet. The lambs all bleat and shake their feet. Everything's a perfect treat down on Jollity Farm. Regular as habit, the cocks begin to crow. And the old buck rabbit sings, Stop it up, you jumper. All the little ducks do quack, quack, quack. The cows all moo. The bull does too. Everyone says, How do you do? Down on Jollity Farm.
Jonathan Farm, the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band. Uh, and we're going straight into that to some uh, news. John, I've got some very sad news to share with you go West ahead. Country today. Promoter and all-round musical good egg Rob Talbot, who many people will know from the Glastonbury scene, um, he passed away yesterday, so Monday the 21st. Um, a lot of people knew of his health issues. He required a new heart. He had various medical issues. He was in and out of hospital. I know he was up in Birmingham for a while in hospital. Um, he was he was on the transplant list to receive a new heart. Um, and he had been told a while back that it had been postponed, et cetera, et cetera. And he knew he was playing a waiting game to see what happened first. And, and sadly, sadly for the whole of the music scene in the Southwest, unfortunately, he passed away of, through his illness. I've had a lot of friends comment on my post. I put up a very brief post about him. I met him at a friend's house, like a house party gig. Um, I knew about him already. We've, we were already friends on social media, but I hadn't met him. And a friend of mine contacted me to say, you know, the only reason I know about you, Kieran, is because Rob told me to contact you. And since then, you know, her husband's band has played for me a few times, etc. And he's just one of those facilitators, people that made things happen in much the same way that I like to think that I do. But he was just based a little bit further down the road in Glastonbury. We did very similar shows, very similar artists, people like uh, the Levelers and your Gaz Brookfields and people like that. And he was just a, a fantastic guy. And he will be sorely, sorely missed particularly in the Glastonbury area, but to the whole scene in general. Okay, thank you for that, Kieran. Yeah, so that's uh, Rob Talbot, who uh, passed away in the last week, Kieran. That was a very lovely um, uh, obituary. Off, off the top of your head as well. So that's, uh, yes, that just shows, I didn't plan any of that. Just, that just shows, uh, shows your true, true heart was in that. So thank you. We will move on just to run through a couple of gigs, I guess. On the 5th of, uh, of April, Goldfrap. Uh, how would you describe them? Kind of electronic pop, I guess, is a good way of saying Yeah, electric pop. Yeah, but they're going to be at the Bath Forum on the 5th. And then going back to my favourite living room in Swindon at the Tuppany on the 3rd of April, the folk duo Fly Yeti Fly. They're worth, uh, worth checking out as well. The Yetis have actually sold out the Trowbridge pump. They're actually due to play the pump. So if you get the chance to see them in Swindon, because you won't get to see them in Trowbridge, do go along. They are wonderful. We, sh- we should um, wrap up because uh, the Zoom's going to chuck us out in a second. So uh, if anyone wants to get in touch with us, sheerisolation at gmail.com or, or you can check out our website, sheerisolation.co.uk, where you can find previous shows or you can go onto Spotify and Amazon and Apple and all the other streaming services. Um, that is it from us. We'll, we'll be back at the same time next week. Thank you for listening. Kieran, thank you for joining me. It's been a Thanks, lovely John. show with some amazing content as always. Thank you for your time. Thanks for listening. Take care. Cheers. All right. Bye now. Bye.